Good morning. If you uh, turn to the neighbor next to you and say, good morning. And now turn to the neighbor that wasn't your first choice and say good morning to them. <laughs> All right, so as uh, has been introduced already, my name is Mark Oxer, and this morning during the time that we have called Your Turn here at the church, uh, it was an opportunity as somebody new, I met with uh, some of the eldership of the church, and just to get to know who I am a little bit, but also during this time I want to hopefully also provide an opportunity for you to maybe dig into a little bit about more who, about who you are as well, and then be able to have hopefully how you share your story. So who am I? I am a husband, a brother, a son, a happy, proud new dad. I am a seminary graduate, a coach, a boss, an athlete. During a certain point in my life, I defined myself as a tree planter. I spent 12 summers of my life working in various parts of Canada, planting thousands of trees every day. More recently, I would maybe describe myself as a disc golfer, something, an activity that I do with my pastime or some of my free time. But those are just different pieces of my life, different aspects of my life. But I want to dig in a little bit deeper and answer that question of who am I? And I think that the song that we just sang also answers that question for us as well is that I'm a child of God. I'm the son of the king. And as we've heard this morning as well, we have a great inheritance from that as well. And through the songs that we've sung this morning, through the words that we've heard spoken this morning, there's a Greek word, kerygma. It means proclamation. And I just want to encourage you to proclaim who you are in Christ. And what he's done for you. So, in telling my story today, a little piece of my story today, what I'm going to also attempt to do is help give you a tool to be able to share your story as well. Okay? So these five images that we have up here, I'm going to go through what each one of those five images represents and how it could possibly help you shape and tell your story. And this is super important. You have a unique story, and your testimony is powerful. Your story can help change other people's lives, right? So, and as we heard this morning as well, when we were listening to those of us sharing up at the front, that this isn't just about what happened 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 2,000 years ago, but what's happening now. It shows other people how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Your story is powerful. Your story is unique. And your story is going to also be able to connect with people in a really meaningful way. It also is going to prepare you for times when people ask you about your faith. And this hopefully will give you a tool and some confidence to be able to share in that. 
And sharing in your testimony is an opportunity for you to introduce people to Jesus. And as we, as we know, he is alive. Amen? Jesus is alive. Now, when you're sharing your testimony, one of the things that I would want to try to encourage you is to think of a decisive time when a shift happened in your life. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to be a specific aha moment where it was this and then this, uh, in a moment in time. For some of you, that may very well be the case. For others, it might be more of a shifting of a mindset or a period of time or where you wrestled with some different things and experienced some different things, and it was a period of time and not necessarily as one specific date, time, moment. And I know that some people have that, and that is amazing. That is awesome. But that, think back onto that, that moment in your life when those shifts have happened. And if that shift hasn't happened for you yet, if you're listening to this message, watching it online, and that shift hasn't happened for you yet, I want to encourage you that that shift can happen for you. That as we've talked about, Jesus is alive And he cares about you. He wants to bring you into his inheritance as well. He wants to connect with you and call you brother. So sharing your testimony, to break it down sort of into five pieces. And I'm going to break each one of these down quickly. I just wanted to show you this initial slide here. So we're looking at the past, what my life was like before. The brokenness that was occurring as a result of some of those things that were happening. Repentance, the decision to follow Christ, what my new heart would look like, and then following up with an invitation, inviting others into that same relationship. So in the past, I want you to say this out loud as well. You can look to one of your neighbors or you can just look straight ahead. It's up to you. There was a time in my life Say it out loud. There was a time in my life. All right. Start thinking about this time in your life, what it was like before Christ. And again, if you don't know Christ, that's okay. What is your life like right now? For those of you who are Christians, there was a time in my life. We're going to be thinking back into our past. For me, that time in my life of brokenness was filled with fear and filled with lies. So getting to know me a little bit more, I grew up in rural Manitoba, and part of the fear that I grew up with was being bullied at school. I had so much fear that I would go home for recess at school. I hated it. I didn't want to be there. There was a ton of fear in my life. Now as a part of that fear, I didn't want to be bullied anymore. So what did I do? I started telling lies to make myself look better to other people in hopes that they would like me more. So my life was filled with this perpetual cycle of fear and lies and fear and lies. It didn't get me anywhere. I was going to church. I grew up in an Anglican church and I was going to church and I had the opportunity to attend a Bible camp in Manitoba, Camp Arnest. For those of you who might know of the camp, I had the opportunity to attend as a camper And it was amazing. I learned about horseback riding and kayaking, canoeing, all different kinds of stuff. It was absolutely amazing. Best place on earth. I loved it so much that I wanted to go back and be there for more than just one week at camp. So I'm thinking to myself, how can I make this happen? 
Well, I know they have something called a leadership training program. Some camps call it an LIT, leadership and training program, or a counselor and training program. And so I said, well, if I go to the LTP program, I'm going to be there for a month. It's a four-week program. So what did I do? I told lies to get into the program. I told them things about myself that were not true, about how amazing of a Christian I was that weren't true. And I was accepted into the program to be a training, to be a counselor at the camp. And what happened is that God met me that summer at camp and showed me that the people, the staff that I had the time to interact with were living a real relationship with Christ. They were not lying in their relationship with Christ as I had done. And so my moment in time, my decision to follow Christ did not come in a one moment aha peace, but it was gradual over the course of that summer where I realized that Jesus is alive and that he loves me and he wants to be in an active living relationship with me. And so in that repentance, I received Christ's forgiveness and began to follow him. Now, that doesn't mean to say that it was easy. There's definitely been trials and tribulations and things that have happened throughout. But what it means is that I can live my life differently. I have the opportunity to live differently. I no longer have to, as the song says, be in fear. Because I am a child of God. The creator of the universe is my father. And that's amazing. And so now I can live in a new life. That new life now articulated as a place with courage and a place of truth. And I'm going to articulate a little bit of that place of courage and how it contrasts to that place of fear that I lived in. So as a youth, I shared with you how I was bullied and I lived in a place of fear. As I got older and I attended university and started dating, I was dating a young lady who was wanting to become a nurse. She was on her way to write her last exam for nursing school. And while doing so, she was in a head-on car crash. Somebody on the other lane was having an argument with their wife on the phone, crossed over the median, hit her in a head-on car Head on collision, she died instantly on impact. How do I face this situation? How does her family face this situation? They face it with courage, and they face it with truth. A year to the day, exactly one year to the day later, I'm living downtown Winnipeg. I'm in a house with five guys. We were living all together. It was cheap rent. I was paying about 100 bucks a month rent at the time, living downtown Winnipeg. And the stories that I could tell you about living in downtown Winnipeg could possibly blow your mind. I'm going to share one of those stories with you. My buddy and I are upstairs. We're watching uh, a movie on his computer. It was like a, a sort of a cheesy Christian movie. I cannot remember it for life of me, but I do remember it was a cheesy Christian movie they were watching upstairs in his room. And we hear a knock at the door. So I'm like, okay, hold on, pause it. I'm going to go downstairs. So I go downstairs. And there's a gentleman on the other side of the door that I don't recognize. Because he had like a, one of those glass panes that you could look through. So I'm looking through and I don't recognize this guy. 
But we had several members of our household who would work at different drop-ins or, or youth centers or whatever, and we periodically would have people come by our house that wanted to hang out with them or spend time with them or they were going to take them somewhere. So I'm like, okay, I'll just open the door. I'm sure they're here to see somebody. They, they must be here for a reason. So I opened the, unlocked the door, and as I unlocked the door, boot, and a gun gets put to my head. So I'm now standing here with a gentleman that I've never seen before, and he's holding a gun to my head. And he wants to know where the drugs are in my house. I don't have any drugs in my house. So I'm standing here. This is the position that I was standing in, because this is automatically what you do when somebody puts a gun to your head, based on what I've seen in movies anyways. So I'm standing there, and he asked me where the drugs are in not-so-polite language. And I said to him, I don't have any drugs. And he pushes a little, gun a little harder into my head and says, where are the drugs? Now, I'm standing there thinking to myself, I cannot give this gentleman the same answer as I've previously given him because it's not going to get me where I need to go. And so I shared with him, I said, I don't have any, but I have a roommate upstairs. Would you like me to get him to come down for you? He says, yes. So I call my roommate downstairs and proceeds that three more guys come in the house. They look around the house. They get us to kneel down on the ground and put guns to the back of our heads and tell us that if we ever talk about anybody, they're going to come back and kill us. They leave the house. Nothing was stolen. Nothing happened. Why am I telling you this story? Is it just for sheer shock value? No, it's not. I can honestly tell you that in that moment, when there was a gentleman standing with his gun to, holding a gun to my head, I had no control of that situation of whether he was going to pull the trigger or not. But I can tell you that I was living in a place of courage because I knew where my heart was and I knew that I'd given my life to Christ and I knew that if he was going to take my life in that moment, I was okay with that. And so I was able to live in life in this place of courage, which is in such contrast to the place of fear that I lived in as a youth. And so as we look to what this looks like, do you have a story like that? And I what I would encourage you to think about on this question is that, one, if you don't have a story like that, you can come and talk to me, you can come and talk to others here in the church or connect with the local church if you're watching online, and somebody will help you and talk to you so that you can have a story like that, so you can have a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't have a story that has extremes in it like that, that's okay as well. Christ works in all of our lives in different ways. And your story is unique, and your story is going to connect with somebody differently than the way my story connects with somebody else. And that is amazing, and that is the power of a testimony. So, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to share with you, this is sort of the overall broad picture of it all. I'm going to challenge you in a couple different ways, hopefully. I'd like to challenge you to try to, sh to tell your testimony in as short a period of time as possible. And the reason that I say that is not to diminish your testimony, not to belittle your story and the value of what your story is, but so that you have it in your back pocket and that you're ready to share what that testimony is. Whether it be in an elevator, on an airplane, at the gas station, whatever it happens to be. Make it a three-minute testimony, a 30-minute testimony, a 30-second testimony. 
You say to yourself, what does a 30-second testimony look like? It's right here. There was a time in my life that was marked with fear and lies. And then I received Jesus' forgiveness, and I followed him. And now I live in a place of courage and truth. Do you have a story like that? I've just shared my testimony with you very briefly in about 15 to 30 seconds. Now we can extrapolate that out into three minutes or 30 minutes. And I would encourage you to, as we take a look at this, fill in some of those blanks. Take a look back at your life. What's your story? What, were the, what are the one or two items that you were sort of defining your brokenness? And then that amazing kerygma moment of connecting with Christ and the proclamation that he has over your life to connect with him. And then what it is like now living afterwards. And then finally, I just want to leave you with this slide and encourage you then to take what we have talked about here this morning through the songs, through the sharing, and go out and share your story. Now, it may seem a little bit intimidating to some. Some maybe have anxiety about this. That's okay. Not everybody is going to have the same confidence to stand on stage and, and speak to people in the way that I'm doing right now. And that is okay. Not everybody is going to hear the message that I have to say the same way that you could communicate it. I tend to be a bit of a louder, bigger personality. And maybe that's not what somebody needs to hear. Maybe they need to hear your message a little bit softer spoken, a little bit quieter, a little bit more peaceful. And so your story has incredible value. So, but I would like you to encourage you to share your story, whether that be in three minutes or 30 seconds, with start by practicing with somebody that you know. So whether that be a partner or a friend, practice this, right? I mentioned earlier that in seeking to answer the question, who am I? One of those answers could be I am a coach. I have spent the majority of my adult life as a professional coach, I've had the opportunity to work with various professional athletes, gold medalists, the Olympics, Stanley Cup champions, UFC champions, all kinds of stuff, and the list goes on. What they all have in similarity is that they practice. They don't get to reach the pinnacle of that performance without practice. And I would like to encourage you guys to practice this as well so that it becomes a little bit more normal and a little bit more okay and a little you have more confidence in being able to share that story and in doing so know that Christ has empowered you with your story very intentionally very purposefully so that it can change others lives let's close with a word of prayer God thank you so much for who you are thank you that we no longer live in a place of fear. Thank you that we can come before you humbly, obediently, and say, Daddy, please forgive me. I want to follow you. And that you wide open your arms and hug us. I love you. You are my child. And God, as we go out the doors today. Just be with us. 
Give us the opportunities to share our story and give us the confidence to be able to share that story when you have prompted us to do so, God. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.